Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Halden. So I'd like to welcome today's guest, who is Obi Vincent. We are at the Gymshark Regent Street store for this podcast. So a mm-hmm. big shout out and thank you for, to Gymshark for housing us there again. It's a beautiful space mm-hmm. and it helps us bring in fantastic guests. And we hope to be shooting here for much more episodes in the near future. But Obi Vincent is a renowned fitness YouTuber and Instagram influencer. He's a personal trainer, he's a bodybuilder, an entrepreneur, and has amassed a large following on social media platforms. He has more recently moved into the functional fitness space. And in this week's episode, we talk about an array of topics. Being a cross lifter, a term you might not have heard of before, and also living alone and the pressures of social media. We dive into so many different topics, with Obi and it's an incredible podcast that we hope you enjoy. I think this will resonate with a lot of people, especially if you're someone who over the years has had large friendship circles, Mm -hmm. which have slowly decreased. If you spend a lot of time in isolation, especially through the COVID era, I think Obi's perspective on life and how he lives his life is very endearing. And I think you'll get a lot of this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy it. Obi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Before we dived into the show today, we were looking a little bit at your YouTube channel because it's been a a transitional period Mm -hmm. over over time. Living alone. Right, right. Talk to me about that. I know it's weird, right? People, what do you think when you see that living alone? What what comes to your mind? With your series or just thinking of it in general? As in just thinking of it, when you see the title, Living Alone. It may, so the first thing that comes to mind, like Mm -hmm. honestly, is Mm -hmm. that you might be feeling lonely. Yeah, yeah. But that's the first thing, like living alone. I think the word alone has a lot of connotations that Mm -hmm. surround the word. I took a quote from one of my favorite authors, Mark Manson, when I was looking, at, looking around this. And he said, loneliness and solitude often occur together, but are not the same thing. You can be in an empty room and feel at peace. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you can be surrounded by people, yet feel profoundly alone. alone. Yes. And I talked about that, actually. There's one of my vlogs I actually decided to talk about it. Living alone, I did that because it was literally, I live alone by myself in London. Mm-hmm which some people don't know, I talked again about this is two years ago, I was in a flat chair in my thirties with eight people. And like, we had also rats as tenants because it was that bad. Yeah, even though it was a Clapham and it's bougie, but it was inside, it wasn't great. So for the first time, you know, for a lot of us living by yourself is an achievement, especially in London, especially Mm -hmm. where I am Mm -hmm. in my area and I was very proud of that. And I was like, this is my first experience living by myself. So I was like, what can I call my vlog series? Because everyone does vlogs, right? And it was, I can't put living by myself because that's kind of, eh. So I just thought living alone. And diaries is something that for me is, because I do the fitness stuff anyway. Yeah. So diaries is just document, documenting my day-to-day life, really. And so, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, I mean, a lot of people could relate because they were like, we live alone too. I'm an introvert too. So I get when people will be like, oh, it feels like you are alone. And if you watch a day in the life, an actual day in the life, because I don't glamorize my life. And I think that also people then like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. You're by yourself. And I'm like, okay, this is a Monday. I filmed this video. 
and my job isn't like normal people's job. Our jobs, we are in the house a lot of the time. And then we go and train and we're back home. And actually the unglamorous side is we sit on a desk. Most people think we're always active and running around, we're not. So I was like, I'm going to show the actual reality of my life. Okay, I am single. But I think again, people think because you're single, you don't actually meet people. Yeah. Which is like, you know, that's not how the real world works. <laughs> Being single doesn't mean that you don't meet people, right? So I've always dreamed of having my own space. And when I lived with flatmates, I actually was like that quote, and I actually mentioned this, I was more lonely because I spent more time in my room because I didn't want to hang around people. Being an introvert means you like your own space. I love the fact that I can have my space and then I can leave that space to be around people. I have friends. Most of my friends aren't influencers. So when we hang out, it's, I love it. It's great. We don't talk about social media at all. They don't care actually, which is fun. And I love that I can go back to my space and it's mine. Mm. Well, I haven't bought my place yet, but it's my own space. No one can come in. No one can interrupt me. It's my mess. And actually a lot of people have realized that I am a neat freak. So like, people are technically like scared to step into my environment. But yes, a lot of people see that living alone and automatically they're like, oh, he must be lonely. Yeah. And yeah, and it depends on the vlog you watch. Yeah, I was gonna say, because I've watched a few of them. I think they're fantastic the way you film it. You mm. don't, you don't speak a lot on them. No. A lot of the time, and I've never seen another vlogger do that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting when I yeah. watched a few of the first ones. I was like, he's not actually speaking. The camera's just propped up in different areas. Mm. But I watched the whole thing because mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, is he going to talk? Or how does the vlog work? Is there a reason? Do you, do you just not? I One reason was I love a lot of um, Asian, Japanese and Korean, uh, South Korean vloggers. And some of them do that. And one thing about me is, again, I've talked about his perspective. A lot of people see this guy who's huge and big and massive and think I might be like partying and wild and da, da, da. I'm the opposite. I'm very creative. I love music. I love art. I did art in school. I played the piano. I almost played the violin. So I think, and I used to sing in a choir. And I think I actually started to show people a glimpse of that when I was in LA. And People are like, oh my God, you can actually sing. I was like, yeah, it's just, it's things like that people didn't realize because all they saw was this guy who was always with top off jacked training in the gym. So my reason for doing my vlog like that was, I think part of it was being camera shy. Because when it comes to talking about, talking about training, I could talk about training all day long. And when it came to, when it comes to vlogging, I'd find it uncomfortable talking to the camera. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, how can I do this? that stands out because everyone else vlogs. Yeah. How can I stand out from everyone else? And I was like, the first ever one I, day in the life I did, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not speak and just use captions. Because I love, uh, I love South Korean dramas and I also watch a lot of international movies where I read subtitles. I watch yeah. anime a lot. I can like read and watch TV so easily. Now I actually watch English TV shows with subtitles on. I do. <laughs> ben, ben hates it. Whereas yeah. I, I, I love, I don't know what it is. It makes yeah. me, I think, get off my phone and concentrate more exactly. on the, the film. Cause yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I sometimes have my phone and I'm scrolling, but I'm also watching a film. That's yeah, not right. That's not right. Yeah. So now I, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to experiment with that. And it, 
I just liked it. And it just makes, also there isn't a lot of guys in the UK who vlogs anyway, especially in London. And there's loads of Americans. And I just thought, how can I stand up for the Americans and make mine a little bit different to everyone else? Everyone else is hyper and hyper. And I was like, I want to actually show what, what it's like for myself. So yeah, some of it might make you feel really chill. Some people are like, oh, it's so chill. Some people are like, I've, like, I feel so calm when I watch your stuff. And I'm like, 90% of the time in my life is really calm and chill. And that's what I've always dreamed of. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would be able to live the life mm -hmm. I do now. Um, because I've always, well, since I was 16, self-sustained, you know, I don't have rich parents. So I have always dreamed of, of nice, peaceful, zen lifestyle. And yeah, and that's, that's kind of why I, I went that direction. I think one of the things that you touched on there was important, especially I think for people who are looking to break into that space mm. or in the post-COVID era of people who now work at home, it's very easy for you to go day to day and be working on a laptop, be using the camera and not see anybody. Um, and I think that for some people can be also incredibly lonely in a, in a different sense. Mm. One of the big predictors of happiness and success is those connections and relationships that we make. Not just how many of them we have, but how deep they are. How do you, how do you marry that lifestyle that you have now with also still making sure that you have meaningful connections and relationships? That That is always a problem, right? With this type of career. You don't know, and I realized that very quick. You say this person's your friend, but that, you're just in the same industry. They're not your friend. They're your acquaintance or they, Technically, you probably have work relationships where you don't realize it. Yeah, you film content together, you train together. Apart from that, you don't know anything about each other. You probably don't even know their surname. You probably just know their Instagram name. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a lot, like a year and a half ago, almost two years now, when I was like, yeah, I need to actually spend more time with my actual friends because I was spending more time trying to um, hang around influencers and neglecting my actual friends. Mm -hmm. And to the point where they were just like, not bothering inviting me to places because I, you know, I was busy or, you know, I just I was trying to think of more collaborations to do rather than just enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. And it has changed a lot in terms of my mindset. And I've just tried to nurture the friendships I have. Being someone like myself who is quite, not as introverted anymore, it's hard for me to make friends anyway. You know, I could be sitting in a room with loads of people and I just won't talk to anyone and people think I'm rude. No, it's just because it's, I'm, it's not socially awkward because that's another misconception. Yeah. It's just because I like to keep to myself and I'm absolutely, <clears throat> sorry, right. I'm absolutely fine, but people think, oh, it's a bit rude. He doesn't really talk to me or he doesn't talk to anyone. He just, he's quiet. I've had people say that to me all the time. And then we, they interact with me and they go, oh, you're actually, you know, not as stuck up as we thought you were, or you're not rude and stuff like that. And for me now, I, like I said, try and nurture them with the friendship I have. But if I don't go out there to, I don't know, I should, but I don't now go out there to try and force friendships because I already know that I have a good set of people in my life um, 
they're always honest and there for me when like at my lowest point, I know that I can call them, go and hang around with them. If I get kicked out of my apartment, I know I can go stay with them. And I always say to people, can you do that with some of the people that you call friends? If you're in prison right now, can who will bail you out? Who can you count on one hand that can bail you out? We kindly interrupt this week's episode to tell you more about our kind sponsor of the podcast, which is Coro. Coro is a brand that we've been working with for a while. You know that me and Lucy absolutely love it. They have a vast array of products. I mean, you often see us looking and munching on different types of chocolate, but they do a lot of other things. They do the daily essentials, such as coffee, milk, cereals, and they're just an all-round great brand. I love when we receive the big Coro parcels Mm -hmm. week to week. It's like Christmas. I think as well, because the products, they're they're more health conscious as well. Mm -hmm. That's what the whole brand is all about. And you feel great when you have them, like the chia seeds, the oat milk, the nibbles and everything like that. I think it's such a fantastic array of products. And whatever when you go on that website, you will not leave without something in your basket. And obviously we can give you discount and the discount is not so fit fives to get discount on Coro. Does that misconception ever bug you? The thought of you sat in a room with loads of people and there's like a prejudice that people think you're arrogant or rude. Does that internally annoy you in some sort of way? It doesn't annoy me. Um, It's more, sometimes it's frustrating Mm. because I think trying to, it's hard, how can you explain your behavior when nobody would, would ask you, right? They'll probably talk about you behind your back or they'll tell you after you've spoken to them, maybe another time you meet, because usually this is what happens. Nobody would ever come up to you and say, oh, what's wrong? Why are you not speaking? They just leave you. And a lot of people do that. And now, because I know that's that's how I used to be. So if I'm in a group setting, I would always spot the person that's really quiet and I would sense it. And I would now go to them and just start speaking to them because I know what it's like. but it's it's never annoyed me. It's just, yeah, frustrated me at times when I hear people go, "Oh yeah, he was a bit, he's a bit arrogant, he's a bit rude." Doesn't yeah, really they've talk then to spoken to other people yeah. about you on your behalf before even speaking to you. I think it was Kobe who was talking about this about how yeah. it, the basketball player, how he only had like three or four actual close friends, mm. the rest were teammates. Mm. I think that's probably very applicable to what you're speaking about now and it's, it's sometimes quite hard to admit i remember we did a, a podcast with chris williamson and we were talking about something to do with friendships and we we're like we actually don't have that many friends and yeah, i think mm. sometimes like, that's what? quite a hard yeah. thing to digest because yeah. from an outbound perspective socially people want to seem like they're super popular they have loads of friends but it's actually those deeper connections that are are more meaningful so yeah. I, I definitely resonate with that i think it's it's different in the environment that you're in, right? Because sometimes you will act differently on, across different social media channels because mm-hmm. you're almost in different rooms. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same when you get, go to different events or different occasions, you're always going to be different. I don't think that means you're fake or that you change the way that you are. It's just that we all act differently in front of different people and depending mm-hmm. on how well we know those people as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, um, you're adapting to your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think humans just, we just naturally do that. Everyone does it. Everyone, even though we say we don't, um, unless you're really arrogant, you will change. The way you are in front of your actual friends, you're not going to be the same mm-hmm. with, with people who are acquaintances. You know, you wouldn't say certain things. You wouldn't act certain ways. So yeah, we all adapt. It's like when you're younger, I always remember maybe I was like 16 or 17 and had 
loads of friends in a really big group. My mum mm -hmm. saying to me, you'll end up having like five friends. And mm -hmm. I was like, how dare you? Like five friends? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like my closest friends I can put on my two hands and that's mm. it. And I wouldn't wish for anything more. And as you said, you, you have like a limited time and space and energy to give and you want to give it to the people who are going to bail you out of prison. Yeah. That's literally a really good way to put it because yeah. I think it definitely in our industry, you meet so many people and I don't understand the reason why people, if you're not getting along with someone, that's absolutely fine. And, mm. but you don't need to be fake positive. Mm. You're not going to get along with absolutely everybody. Yeah. In, in the same industry as you. And I think that's across the board, but yeah, with social media and fitness, it's it's like, you have to be you have to be best friends with everyone when you don't at all. You can't no. be fake about those friendships. Give us the OB, living alone routine in a snapshot, daily routine. I've done so many videos of that. They're probably like, you've done so many. They're, Literally, if you were a serial killer, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, eight o'clock, he, he's already out going to the gym. Yeah, follow him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he is. Um, I live a very simple life Monday to Friday, even sometimes, because Saturdays is when I edit sometimes. So I could be in the house all day editing. Um, but simple, really. Sleep, wake, wake up. I have insomnia as well. So really? a lot of people, I've talked about this, I have really bad insomnia. So, you know, when people go, oh, I have insomnia, I'm like, no, you don't, you don't know what insomnia is. Insomnia is going to bed at 12 midnight and still waking up at three and you can't sleep again. And it happens. And I've tried so many things. As a, as a whoop wearer, what is... Oh, my whoop is horrendous. So oh, it's, wow. yeah. And it's something I've had for years. Do and you know why? We, some, we just, it's one of those things that, it's hard to explain. Mm. Every the, everyone has insomnia is also different, but some some people are extreme. Some people could probably only see for an hour. I was watching this That's documentary about it, and I sometimes will sleep for three hours, even if I have jet lag. I will wake up. My body wakes up and. But you get good REM sleep, huh? Do you get good REM sleep within that? <sighs> My REM sleep is usually if I sleep three hours. Yeah, sometimes it'll be an hour. That's good. Yeah. So sometimes I get up to two hours REM, um, but. It's, yeah, it, it does affect my day, but a lot of people have even said, how are you even walking? Because sometimes like it'll be four hours, but it's something I've dealt with. And it's like, you know, I wake up, I'm like, right, you can't afford to be, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. You have to like get on with it. Mm -hmm. So on a good day, yes, wake up. I always wake up early. So six o'clock, like I wake up and then, you know, it's very routine. I have my tea. I started drinking coffee very late in life. Two, I started two years ago. No way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I used I to hate coffee. coffee. <laughs> I used to hate it. Now I, was, I like, I spent too much money on it. Yeah. I was like, I was able to save money. Now I'm like <laughs> wasting money on coffee. Um, yeah, do my mobility because the way I train now, like my body is, yeah, it, it kind of needs to be mobile a lot. And yeah, train, film. We all do filming content mm -hmm. and... And it's pretty much, yeah, that's it. Sometimes it could be like, I might train with my friend if my friend wants to train. And I'm lucky because every gym I've gone to, I've got on with the people, especially with training in CrossFit boxes. That's why I love training in CrossFit boxes. When you make connections, it's like just going and you're hanging around with people that you like. And, you know, commercial, commercial gyms, you don't get that. It's always you with your headphones in and you don't talk to anyone a lot of the time. 
whereby CrossFit boxes, it's you can't have your headphones in anyway because the workouts you fly off. Yeah, yeah they just fly off, right? So, um, and that's the bit of interaction I get. So I, when people see that living alone, I'm like, I am lucky because I know people do bodybuilding content and they barely speak to anyone the whole day, right? Whereby with me, because of the way I train, I actually interact with people for about three hours. So yes, it's not nine to five. And the way I put it to people is, you go to an office and you work nine to five, right? You don't, it's not, you don't have the choice of when you go in and how long you stay. For me, it's, I get to go into for three hours. I train for an hour and a half sometimes too, because I'm talking too much. Then I film and go home, eat, chill, do a bit of work and that's it. And for me, that is such a nice privilege to be able to do. And a lot of people don't realize this. I could be work grafting for hours on end and in a job I don't like, right? Every day and with insomnia that will drive me up the wall. Mm -hmm. So I feel lucky that I get to do what I do and yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes I take it for granted. You know, I'm, I'm always like, oh, I want to do more and, you know, I wish I could do more. And when people tell me, wait, you only go to the gym for three hours and that's it. What do you do for work? And I'm like, this is work. Yeah. And that's when I realized that, oh, it's, it's, it's not bad. This is what the younger over who worked in Selfridges in my 20s who didn't know what he wanted to do would be proud of what I've achieved now. I was going to ask in terms of like fitness and your physique and sport mm -hmm. from a really young age, have you been sporty, involved in sport? You're no, I wish I know. <laughs> That's why like I was, it was cause you used to be a swimmer and yeah, and, yeah. I, I've been since out the womb yeah, yeah. in sport. Yeah. And um, I was, what did you, I know you were like, uh, you worked in the police, right? Yes. Yeah. You're so an officer. Super active in that and super active from a young age as well. Yeah. It's like sports captain, games captain at school. Yeah. Bit of like a high Ball. school jock mm -hmm. kind of. That, yeah. was my, that was my thing. I was the opposite. I was a video games. WWE, I used to watch wrestling, play video games, eat. That was it. I used to fake my own uh, note that I couldn't do PE. Yeah. Really? Yeah, my aunt only found out like- <laughs> Oh my God. When I was- so you, were, you were the guy who was in the spare PE kit at, at school. Yeah, I, on, on I, the side. I didn't even yeah. bother packing it. So I used to, <laughs> it's funny we're here. I used to go to Trocadero and Piccadilly Circus. It was an arcade um, uh, place. And I used to, when, whenever I knew I had PT, I'll go to Trocadero and just play arcades. So I was that, because I was shy, I was quiet. And I moved to England when I was 10. And I just didn't like PE. Any sort of physical activity was like, nah, I, I just didn't want to. So I didn't do any sports at all. I did summer camp baseball, but that was in the summer and yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was in sports. So yeah, that was, I didn't, I wasn't active. So saying you did video games and ate a lot, mm. were you overweight as a child? Yeah, I call it chunky. So you know chunky. when you're chunky, but I was overweight. Chunky, but funky. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was chunky in the right places. So like thick arms, thick legs. And so, and I had a bit of a belly, but you can, you wouldn't go, oh, that person's, you know, overweight or yeah. obese yeah. because I didn't look it. I just looked like a, a big 16 year old. And I only realized it when, obviously we all have that moment when someone, maybe not you guys, cause you're always active, but every 
fat kid would have that moment when they change and it would be something that happens. And for me, it was like, this girl made fun of my weight. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was that big. So I need to, yeah, ah, she was like, she made fun okay. of it. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to lose some weight. Yeah. And I started running. Really? Running mm -hmm. before gym? Yeah. Oh, okay. I started running for almost two years. And then um, I lost weight actually. So I was, I was a, an XL, I was wearing XL. I have a hoodie, uh, a hoodie, a gray hoodie. I still haven't, I have it with me today. I used to wear when I was 16. Uh, it's a Nike hoodie. And um, I always keep that as a, I can fit into it now. It's a double XL, sorry. I can fit into it now. And I keep it as something that I remember what I used to, you know, how big I was at that age. And when I lost the weight, I went down to, I was wearing mediums. I never was a medium. Really? Yeah, I was like, wow, this is what medium feels like. I was 80 <laughs> kilos. And, you know, for me, that was like, oh, wow, okay. I could fit into like 34 inch jeans. And that's when I started going out. I was like, right, I'm ready. And were people telling you then that you looked better or that you look great? Yeah. And getting that validation for the way that you had changed? Exactly. So everybody started to notice. And also then I was more confident. So I started working and I was 18 then. So I was now working for Reese. So I was like, confident and I went into the interview because I was so confident that I was like, you know, I, I had no experience. And the manager loved me and gave me a job. Yeah. And it was my first time and I didn't, I think for a year I worked in Reese before I started going to the gym. And it was just my aunt that was a bit like, eh, you're getting a bit too, you're losing a bit too much weight. Cause she was like, oh, your neck, what's going on with your neck? Cause you <laughs> can start seeing like I was, I had chubby neck and started to lose weight around then. She was like, I can see the bones on you. <laughs> you know, with, with Nigerians being big is a good thing. It means yeah. you're well-fed, they're looking after you. So like when you're losing weight, it's like, What's they're not on? feeding you. Your grandma's like, you're not eating, <laughs> no one's feeding you. So yeah, it was definitely like, my confidence was through the roof. So um, sometimes I know it, we shouldn't really place our confidence on how we look or our body weight, but it, let's be honest, it, at that age, we're all impressionable, right? Mm -hmm. And when everybody's saying you look better and you're making all these cool friends. And for me, that was like, wow, okay. So this is what it feels like for once in my life for people to pay attention to me. So, yeah. I think that's true for a lot of people though. Most, not all people, but most people will get into fitness or the gym to improve the way they look yes and then once they've done it for five six years that's when it kind of switches that you're doing it for your how you feel about yourself performance mental health like that sort of aspect to mm -hmm. it or a lot of people take it through pain like a lot of people carry that pain with them and use that as the yeah the motive as you probably may have done a little bit yeah being overweight. yeah I, I definitely um i think just having someone laugh at you for being the size that you are and your body was kind of for me. And when I knew I could do something about it and I, I, I didn't even, I just started, I only started running cause that was the only thing I knew that I could do. And then my diet was terrible cause I just stopped eating much and I was just, you know, barely eating. And I did lose the weight, but it was because I was barely eating mm -hmm. and doing a lot of running. What's a cross lifter? Everyone asks this, it's so funny. It's, it's basically, you know, CrossFit is kind of a cross, cross section of fitness. So doing everything, whereby I call myself a crosslifter because I do 
the bodybuilding side of it, everyone thinks I don't. I still do that. But I do functional training. I do a lot of kettlebell stuff. But I also do some CrossFit stuff. And, you know, I I run. But I also road cycle, even though my bike's been stolen. Really? No. no. Yeah, my road bike's been stolen. Um, <laughs> in a supposed to be secure space. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to cry. I was all dressed up. All in my full kit. No. <laughs> clocking away with, you know, the shoes. And you're yeah, just clocking away, clock, on. clock, clock. Get to the gate. And I was like, my bike's gone. My heart sank. Oh, that's so shit. Yeah. So um, that was, that's one thing I also do. I used to, you know, road cycling a lot, in, especially in the summer. Um, so that's why I called myself a crosslifter because I'm not 100% crossfit. I'm not 100% bodybuilding. And it's just... I just thought it was a cool kind of way to call myself. Mm. I do different type of fitness. Has it always been that when you first started, you said you started hitting the gym? Yeah. Did you do CrossFit and bodybuilding and no. running or it, bodybuilding? Yeah, it was just bodybuilding. Like it was full on 100% bodybuilding. I only started CrossFit like four years ago now. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're very good. No. <laughs> four no, years. I don't. Yeah, four years ago, and I was a lot heavier when I started. So, like, I was not moving as well as I do now. And it was a battle. Like, the conditioning was brutal for me, being a big guy. I'm still too big to be doing, like, CrossFit stuff. Um, but your body adapts, right? The body's an incredible thing. And I started to lose weight. I think when I started doing the CrossFit side and the functional training side, so, like, like I loved kettlebell training. And it's something that, I never used to think, I thought kettlebells were absolutely useless. You know, like you see them in the gym, no one touches them. Yeah. And now I'm like throwing around 30, 40 kilos with kettlebell workouts. And I will put guys who, who are strong and say to them, do this kettlebell routine and they struggle. And I never thought I'd be that person, you know, barefoot or, you know, in Vivo shoes doing yeah. kettlebell work. You know, one of those hippie hipster type training <laughs> that we all used to make fun of yeah. in, in the bodybuilding side anyway. And also CrossFit, I used to make fun of CrossFit all the time because you see certain movements, you're like, oh, what are they doing? And then I trained with CrossFit and I was like, Fuck, oh, yeah. wow, they are not messing around. You know, how are you so strong yet you could do gymnastics, yet you can do all this conditioning work and do Olympic lifting? So I just took aspect of it that I liked, that I can do, and that I can incorporate into my training. And for me, I started to look at fitness differently, actually, when I, you know, four years ago. Yeah. Why, why did you make that switch? Was there a pivotal moment where you've been doing bodybuilding and then, I don't know, is it too aesthetic focus? Is mm. it boring? What I think, because CrossFit and functional to go into seem it is quite opposite yes. it is quite opposite to yeah. bodybuilding like bodybuilders step on stage crossfitters as you said they're one of the fittest people and they do absolutely everything mm. but i think for a lot of bodybuilders they'd never yeah. jump ship it was part boredom because it, you know what it was i realized that the stage life wasn't for me um i did it three times i did wbff and stuff oh did you yeah and i just didn't the i short know. shorts and hot pants yeah no. and i just kind of like I was on stage, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and the diet was brutal. Jeez, you know, I was tired. I was angry. I was always hungry, you know, and I don't know. I, I got to the point where I wasn't enjoying it. And I thought 
it was supposed to be enjoyable, but it wasn't anymore. And I needed a challenge. And also it's because I did my first ever CrossFit workout um, with Craig and he absolutely destroyed me when it came to the conditioning and the conditioning had deadlift and pull-ups. And I thought I would you know, be able to hang on. And when he did that and I was like, this dude's strong, but he's also quick. I want to be like that. And that was that, that was it. It was just the intrigue of how can I be fit, but also look like I'm fit, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So now I pride myself on the fact that, yes, I'm a big guy, but if you were like, oh, let's go for a run. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, okay, let's get on the bike and do like 50K, I'll be like, cool. If you're like, let's do some conditioning. Yes, I can do some conditioning. Let's just do some biceps and triceps. I can do some biceps and triceps. Yeah. One thing I can't do is swim, so. I've got the best swim teacher in the world, yeah. mate, and I still sink every time we go oh, swimming. Oh, me too. It ends in a domestic. Yes, oh. one. But ben, ben just kind of, we've done it twice where I've tried to teach Ben like a length. Right. And it's the most intense thing I've ever, you, you just, you like swimming, like your legs are well, on the floor and then well, you just well, end land up mammals, walking. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I think we spoke last week, maybe in last week's podcast about how we are and our bodies, I think should be looked at more as um, instruments and ornaments. For anyone who's not watching and just listening, like if I had to kind of describe Obi, he'd be like an oboe that plays like a flute. And what I mean by that is, you are probably one of the biggest guys in terms of like the hybrid type of sphere mm -hmm. that I've seen move so well. How, how do you kind of manage your training now? Is it, is it like mutable in terms of, it's a dial that you'll turn up and down and sometimes there'll be more functional CrossFit elements and then sometimes there'll be more bodybuilder or is it, is it always set or is it a sliding scale? It is like, it's, it's similar to how if you were a hybrid trainer, you would have to program. So you still do the bodybuilding, but you still mm -hmm. do your running. Um, have you started doing cycling yet? Yeah, yeah, only when I'm a bit more injured though. Uh, so if yeah. I can't run properly, yeah, yeah. I'll jump on the bike. Yeah. Um, my parents are avid cyclists, so with yeah. if I'm with them, fine. But I get a little bit bored. Really? Whereas when I'm running, I'm really but, but in my that, moment. But you just do it all on Zwift, don't I you? I do it all on Zwift. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to get I out know. No, I'm the opposite to most people. I don't like, yeah, I don't yeah. like the whole. That's probably why I do find Zwift a little no, bit boring. you need to go outside. Yeah. Okay. And you're in a perfect environment. I'm sure I you know. can find quiet areas yeah. as well. I bloody cycle in London <laughs> where I'm like dodging cars and they hate us. Yeah. Right. So no, you, you need to be on the bike outdoors. It's so different. I'll do that. It, it is. It's, it's such a nice, yeah. I always tell people, I mean, I don't know, maybe because I like, I absolutely love it, but I would try and program, it depends on also the week I've had and I always go with my recovery and you know, talk about recovery. Um, if I feel like my recovery is not great and I've planned a whole session that day and I wake up, I'm like, oh, my recovery is not there and I've got l loads of conditioning, I will probably change it. But before I was so stuck in my ways that, you know, if I've planned bodybuilding one day and conditioning the next day, and then also I have Olympic lifting the following day and then back to bodybuilding. Even if I was, if my, how I felt my recovery wasn't great, I still pushed my body and then that's where I got injured. Not major injuries, but it was just annoying things that were, mm -hmm. you know, pain here and there. So I always try and get my bodybuilding session in at least three times a week, but now I do more full body. So back in the OG days, I would do arms. Oh, bro. Yeah, arms, arms legs, legs, neck day, <laughs> chest, you know. And back then I used to train twice a day as well. 
arms in the morning, shoulders in the evening, and now it's full body. And I used to think full body was absolute waste of time, but it's funny how we fitness change and the way you look at fitness change, right? And now I love full body training. And ironically, because of the way I train with, you know, the conditioning aspect, and uh, I do running not very well, but I still run, um, and the cycling, and I boulder as well, for me, when I do the bodybuilding, when I've done just arms by itself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so bored. <laughs> I, I never thought I would ever be like that or say something like that. The only, only body part I never get bored is legs. Everything else, like after 40 minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm so bored and I'm resting. I'm like, I don't want to rest for two minutes. I want to go straight away, but I know I need to rest for two minutes. So it's been a shock to the system to actually only train bodybuilding three times a week. Because I was six days, you know, and I, but the fact that I have, sometimes I go into a gym and my session is just kettlebell. So I have to program that. And in a way that's the good and the bad thing about the way I train is, you know, they, what is that saying? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Because yeah. Yeah. you don't have time to really improve on certain aspects because you can't. That's why a crossfitter cannot be 100% weight. They can't go into a weightlifting competition and do as well as actual weightlifters because, you know, weightlifters, that's one thing they only train is weightlifting, whereby when you do crossfit, you have to learn so many different things. That's why I said with crossfit, I take bits that I know my body can handle and do, and I just try and improve on that while still doing the bodybuilding side because I still love doing bodybuilding and then still doing the hobbies outside of the gym because that's the one thing that, has changed over the years is more outside of the gym stuff, more cycling, trying to go do some bouldering as much as I can. And, you know, the running as well. I believe that's a really nice place to be though, because we only transitioned into doing more running maybe two years COVID, ago. COVID probably. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. During, yeah, COVID, same, same for COVID, me. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because we're like, well, we can't hit the gym. We, we really were just not getting on well with home workouts. <laughs> and we started running and then you try loads of different things. Like I ran a hundred K and then did a powerlifting competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. never going to be the best hundred K or the best powerlifter, mm -hmm. but trying different sports and trying different things, even when you're not the best at it and being a beginner again, mm -hmm. to me is fun. Yes. And learning back up to something like, I don't, I don't really do CrossFit. I do. Mm. I've got high rocks. You did high example. rocks. I saw that. Yeah. But Olympic lifting, I don't know how to do it. But if yeah. someone was to teach me how to clean and I was a complete beginner just doing it with the bar, mm -hmm. great. Because then you're not bored and you're always learning. Yes. I think this day and age, people, as you said, they get so stuck in their ways for a period of time and then they're good at something. They're not willing to be a beginner again. Yes. I think it's powerful. I think that depends like what you want to do. If you want to be super successful at something, if you look at super successful people, it's people who will mm -hmm. neglect everything else and be super niche and unbelievably good at one single thing. Yeah. So it depends like if you want to be competitive like at something. A runner or, or you, a yeah, Or if you want to just enjoy challenging yourself mm -hmm. and find different versions of hard to push through. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, like you have the hybrid training now, which is quite popular and everyone wants to be a hybrid. I think for me, you know, I've been asked this and I, I just say to people like, I just, I just love training and I just want to have fun and enjoy training. I'm not training for... A, particular reason because some people are like what are you training for because the way you train is ridiculous mm -hmm. I'm like I don't train for anything I just love training I like I love pushing myself to the limits now and challenging myself you know at some point yes I might do 
I need to be on a half marathon first and then I do a marathon. Yeah, I could train for that at some point and maybe go into triathlon, but I have to learn to swim. And it's my excuse not, not being able to swim because I could just pay someone to teach me. And I think I don't want to take it too seriously because that's what happened with bodybuilding and I felt out of love with it. And then I had to find my passion again. Now I love bodybuilding because I have other aspects of my training. And I, I think eventually, yes, I do want to start maybe challenging myself a bit, but I now just want to show people that you can just have fun. You don't have to, yes, because you run, you don't have to do a marathon. You can run a marathon uh, distance, but you don't actually have to enter one, but don't put pressure on yourself. Just do it because you want to do it and achieve something. But I feel like nowadays people, you know, they follow all these people that have done like crazy challenges and think, oh, I have to do a challenge because, you know, what's the point of training if I don't challenge myself? It's like bodybuilding. Like people see me and go, oh, you should be on stage. You're wasting your potential. I'm like, just because I look like this doesn't mean I'm meant to be on stage. Just because you can run fast doesn't mean you're meant to do the Olympics. You know, I like training and looking this size. And I don't, again, people have asked me if I want to lose weight to be better at CrossFit so I can do the CrossFit Games. I don't want to go to CrossFit Games. I mean, plus... It's a not lot, that easy. <laughs> like people think it's easy because everyone gets to do the open. So they think, oh, anyone can go to the games. No, <laughs> no. So it's, it, it is for me at the moment, just doing it for the fun of it. But also that, that level, like CrossFit, you're a full-time, you're a full-time athlete. Exactly. Gym in the morning, four hours, gym in the night, yeah, four hours. That's yeah. a lot of pressure, which is you said, I don't think that many people realize how hard it is yes. to, to commit mm -hmm. to that level yeah you wouldn't have a life yeah i know crossfit is literally that their life is train eat sleep train yeah. you wouldn't have a life doing prep season and open season sorry and then for the games so it's it's like any sport you have to you know swimmers train for hours on end right gymnasts train for hours on end and then go to school and then go back to doing gymnastics again so it's it's dedication and sometimes people think they're ready to put that amount of dedication. I always say, well, if you're struggling with your gym workouts that your PT's giving you, you're not sticking to that. And that's probably an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Think about if you're training for something that's going to be absolutely brutal on your body, you need a lot more dedication. And I don't think people realize that they're not ready for it. They think they are. I think when you get to that level as well, the amount you need to sacrifice to in comparison to what you actually get from it, mm. is that those marginal gains come with a lot more life sacrifice and also pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. It's like in any, whether it's like bodybuilding, CrossFit, cycling, there's always that element of it. And I know that from Lucy's perspective, it's something that she puts up a lot with in terms of dealing with accusations. How, do you, mm. how have you dealt with them? Because I, I honestly believe you are probably in like one of the 0.01% of people who in terms of genetics is, mm. is built like in, in no better words, a freak. Mm. And I think it's, it's easy for people to probably label you yeah. as, as that. I know Lucy gets it a lot because of the way that she looks. I mean, yeah. I know that she's not because I'm not. I know you, I know you share oh, it as I get well, it all right? The time. Yeah. How yeah. do you, how have you dealt with those? And it, has it ever been something that's kind of crossed your mind in, in, especially when you're in the body, bodybuilding sphere? There was once that this guy who's a, like a troll, he did one on me, like, a long time ago, and I used to get loads of abuse for it. Wasn't um, it like a Greg Duchette one or something like that, was it? No, yeah. it wasn't. Um, I think I'm 
also in a way lucky because I don't, I am big, but I don't look crazy big. So they don't attack me as much. Mm. And also because of I do like the crazy functional fitness stuff. So they're like, oh, it's not, it's going to be harder to kind of attack me because, you know, I'm not just this big guy with her. Like, I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I think I that's feel- what makes it maybe even more... Yeah, because unbelievable because think you are so, so right? big yeah. and move I, I, so well. I, yeah, I feel like maybe because I don't, I don't know. I think if I was more like one of those like posy and looking at my face, but I, you know what? It was got so bad that I wanted to actually like do the test myself. And I was calling, like trying to find places. Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt's just done it. I think Matt's yeah. fitness just done yeah, it. Yeah, so... Actually, the time I wanted to do it, they were like, no, we need to test like loads of people and it costs a lot of yeah, money. It does. And I just remember thinking, okay, even if you did this, people will still accuse you of it anyway. But then I saw Matt Does Fitness was doing something like that. And I was like, I've always said, I'm happy to do it. If someone walks in now and they'd be like, take your blood test, I'm like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like I've never shied away from people if they want to test me, they want to do a lie detector, but a lie detector doesn't really you can be a very good liar. Yeah. I mean, I'm terrible at lying. So that's, I'll probably say my name's Obi and it'll say I'm lying. But I, I've never, I think I stopped trying to prove myself and people still accuse me of it all the time. And now I'm just like, you know what? People are always just going to think it. So I'll lie you to think it. I know there's no other way you can make please people. Even if sometimes, unless like you go the Matt Does Fitness route, um, which, you know, most people, you, we could do, you know, that's not really, yeah, it's it's not really something that scares me. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get tested tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to because there's no point for me. I don't do a sport. I don't do anything that requires me to be better than everyone else. But I understand because sometimes I, this sounds funny. Sometimes I'll watch a vi- I feel like I'm small because I've lost some size as well because of the functional training <laughs> I do. I feel small, right? I feel like I'm Not losing small. size. <laughs> you like hearing I, this cow? I, <laughs> cow. <laughs> no, I'm being, I'm legitimately being serious. I feel tiny now. And then sometimes I'll watch, because I still do bodybuilding videos, like instructional videos. And I'll watch it, I'll be like, oh God, yeah, I can see why people say that. <laughs> I was like massive. Even I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, wow, your arms look massive. But people don't, it's hard for you to kind of explain yourself um, like unless you do what Matt does, fitness does. Yeah. No one will ever believe you. No, I but think the, the reason probably why people will look at you and say it is because there's people who are taking more steroids, mm. who look worse off and then you're fucking wham and then yeah. natural as well. So they'll be like, how can this guy be natural, look this good, but yet I'm taking all this gear and don't look as good. And a, a lot of times just because people aren't optimizing all the other elements before doing that, people look, genetics are way different. And it, it's also a means for people to deflect the responsibility from themselves to take some ownership for things that are then maybe out of their control because they'll just say, oh, it's, it's labeled as something else, which is out of my control. So that means it makes, it protects my own self-esteem a little bit as well. So it's not always, a, I think, just a you thing. It's, mm. it's usually a them thing as well. But also logically, so if you were to get really big by mm-hmm. taking... What would you, I don't know, testosterone? Why are you pretending you don't know? No, I'm just trying to give you an example. Maybe we've got D-Ball Davis. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to take like a steroid to get you really big and you were a big bodybuilder, 
But then you've got a big bodybuilder to go and run a half marathon, but they just have like a heart attack. Do you know, like, like when you actually think about it, like what you kind of do, mm. you can run, you can cycle, like cardio wise, you're really mm. fit and healthy. And then you're also big. They don't really tie hand in hand to be able to. I don't have to logic that a lot of is people. Is it not logic? A lot, no. but, uh, most people like short term, would... short term thinkers and looking for that short term reward. And I think we're geared as human beings a lot of time to look at the, the finite game rather than looking at life, health, fitness as being infinite and that you want to be in it for the long term, not just this short period of, of, of winning. But do you, do you understand my point? You've obviously got like the Lance Armstrongs who were doing doping for endurance, yeah. but then he'd never go on like Anavar. But why would they need to? Because it's specific to a sport. But no, that was my point okay. in terms of yeah. <laughs> you do endurance and you do bodybuilding, so yeah. it would never work. But, but I know but, people but don't Obi, think logically. Obi would perform better, guaranteed, if he took a little bit of time. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to, oh. but like he would re he would recover better. People, recover better. People yeah. who take oh. testosterone yeah, as well yeah, yeah. have also been shown Ooh. to, when you're in pain or discomfort, it actually feels better. Mm. It feels better on the dopamine receptors when yeah. you're taking testosterone. Mm. There's all these little things that would make that person better. <laughs> no, no, there's performance elements to Well, that just poo well. my whole body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, it would help. Like, I would... Recover a lot quicker. Um, I wouldn't have as much, you know, that like when you're lean and doing conditioning, it's the worst thing. Cause like your joints are just like, what are you doing? So again, that would help. And I would definitely be a lot quicker for sure. Oh, wow. Because yeah, okay. yeah, that would help. So do a lot of the pro big, I don't know if you know the answer to this, mm -hmm. CrossFitters, mm -hmm. fittest people on earth, surely they take steroids then. Well, there's been, there... a bit of... there's been some controversy with some of them, right? What's the guy's name? Ricky? Is it Ricky? G G Gerard? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. See, the thing is, I, I do CrossFit. I'm not one of those people that's like full on. I know everything yeah, about I CrossFit. Like, yeah. But yeah, he, but he's come back now. So, they, yeah. you know, he had a two-year ban. And, you know, like, Olympics, they do that as well. Like Justin Gatling, for example, mm -hmm. it is him. Yeah. I think some people obviously like, scapegoated a little bit just to kind of prove yeah. a point of we do, yeah. we do ban people like it's not allowed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... I'm not really in the CrossFit crowd that much to say. I'm so naive. Like, I I just, I think, no, they can't be because they're all being tested. But yeah, I mean, you guys will know better than I in terms of... Get, I get confused. Yeah, but yeah. I, it's like a lot of sport, they go, they get tested, but then you know that. <laughs> Five mm, years later, they get all their medals drawn Exactly. So you get that a lot with Olympic runners, right? A lot yeah. of them, after they finish, it's like, oh, this person's been taking for such a long time. So... Uh, you, you're, I mean, if you look at the aesthetics of CrossFitters from back in the day to now, they a lot of them do look like bodybuilders, yeah. you know. So you, you never know. Of course, there's going to be some because they've caught some of them. So yeah. you know, you, you can't say it's clean when they've caught people. The same as every sport. Yeah, absolutely. The same as every sport. If there's one singular thing or idea that has had the most impact on your life, what would it be? Oh, that's a that's a good question again. I don't know. That's a hard question. Um, I think it's. You know what's funny? I think um, when I stopped being afraid of the camera, that allowed me to express myself a lot more, be myself a lot more, and now. I'm not afraid to kind of just be 
the person that I've always wanted. I don't have to um, pretend I'm just this person who's jacked and all my, my life revolves around the gym. Mm -hmm. I have other interests outside of the gym. And I, it sounds cheesy, but when I started vlogging, it allowed me to just to stop living my life trying to be perfect. Because I've always wanted to portray that, you know, my pictures were always like when I'm tensing and I was always serious. And I remember when I used to work with this brand, um, uh, it's a, was it Noco? And James, he said, he used to follow me before and he was like, before I knew you, when I used to see like all your pictures on social media, you were just like serious and everything was just scary looking and you never smiled and you, you know, and which was the opposite of the person that I was. So I think being comfortable in front of the camera allowed me to realize that I don't have to pretend that I am um, this hardcore bro. And also my mindset's changed. And I know it sounds weird. Oh, how can a camera change? I think it because I, I started to open up more and look, look out into the world a bit more. And I used to be like, oh, how can you be fat? You know, the gym, go to the gym, train, no excuses, you know, and... Now I'm, it's allowed me to just, A, mind my own business, because now I, I don't get angry about a lot of things anymore. Mm -hmm. Nothing phases me that much anymore. And also just to, um, yeah, like I said, be myself a lot more. So that stupid thing we all talk to, you know, has changed my life a bit. And also because the lifestyle I live, I, I live now, is because of a camera. And it sounds weird to say that. If I if we didn't have a camera, we couldn't film ourselves and I couldn't I wouldn't have YouTube and I wouldn't have my channel and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have got all the uh, people who do my workouts and subscribe to my app because of I decided that, you know what, I'm gonna allow myself to be more open. Because I my my training is crosslifter. So my app is crosslifter app. So this is now people who've seen me on YouTube, the way I train them like, oh. I want to be able to mix my mm -hmm. training this way. And yeah, so that's, I think even though it's, it's not this big, I don't know, you know how people have this big awakening. It's not glamorous. It's just something as simple as, you know, talking to the camera and interacting with people, you know, even some people I've met through social media have changed my life too. With discussions we've had, conversations we've had, um, yeah, I think that's that's the one thing. And I would not have actually started CrossFit if I didn't have um, social media. It, it, so, it, it sounds like from an out, outside perspective that it, it's helped you change maybe even your identity because I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck in that identity crisis of you being this big, huge, aggressive yeah. guy when on the opposing side, that's not what you really like. But mm. because you're getting validation for that look, it's very easy to kind of fall into that identity crisis. And the other thing is just, it sounds like you've just leaned into what's been uncomfortable and hard mm. and not quit. I think the, the only reason that you'll you'll fail at the game is by by quitting and just keeping persistent, keeping persistent, keep doing it. Even if you're terrible at doing something. Yeah. Because we were the same when we first started doing it. Oh and God, doesn't matter what, to run like 2K yeah, what sphere it's in, whether it's fitness, whether it's filming, is just to continue to, to show up do it, put yourself in more uncomfortable situations. Yes. Lean into things because I think if you want success in something, you know it's going to be hard, but then when hard arrives, 
a lot of people quit and mm. don't realize this is what it's supposed to feel like if you're looking to break through it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I don't, in my case, I don't even have anyone that that can push me to do what I do. Mm. That's like, come on, you need to go to the gym. Yeah. I have to motivate myself. And it's it's different. And also because I don't train for anything. So again, that's hard because you have to motivate yourself. And I think because obviously the audience watch me as I train and what I'm doing. And it's almost like you're at the same time encouraging other people. Because I've had people go, oh, I've started doing conditioning now because I saw you do it. And like I had a one experience in LA where I was training and a guy came up to me and started, you know, was like, I never used to work out and I started with training because of you. And that for me, every time I always feel like I hate what I do, I don't enjoy this job. When I meet that one person, when I travel and I go to different countries and people are like one person here, or one person there. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is when I mean that the cameras changed my life. Yeah. It's the fact that this, I was very introverted, never used to speak to anyone. Used to think I work in an office and the fact I'm doing this and the fact that people even know who I am, like, that's crazy. I'm not a celebrity for someone to be like, oh, Obi, I, you know, I follow you and da, 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 da. When people say I'm a fan, so I'm like, I still cringe because I'm like, don't, don't say that, you're not a fan. And you're like, no, we, 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 let's, let's just say you love my content. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like that fan word for me anyway. Because I don't feel like. Sometimes I, I, I still feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, why do you follow me? I've asked someone that when they they like, I love your stuff because it's just. I was in Bali and it was a this German guy with his family. He doesn't even care about training. It was just like, oh, I love watching your vlogs. I was like, that's crazy. But you sound I appreciate like you've got it. imposter syndrome. Yeah, I've said quite that heavily. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you you are amazing with what you do and. It's having that same, we recently watched in the um, the Netflix new movie with Lewis Capaldi. Okay, yeah. Really good. Quite, really painful quite painful to watch. He, and we won't give it away, but he has really high levels of imposter syndrome. Mm. And when he's saying it, you can't even fathom it because it's like, it's Lewis Capaldi. Like, the what? talent. The talent you have is amazing. And from what you said there, it, it, yeah. So you've spoke about that. Yeah. Before. I didn't know that was what it was until someone yeah. was like, oh, maybe you should look into, you know, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, I get it all the time. I still, sometimes I still find it crazy yeah. when someone's like, oh, I love this stuff. I follow it. And I'm like, and sometimes my friend, one of my friends doesn't get the whole thing. <laughs> He's like a lawyer. He thinks it's so silly. <laughs> and we'll be out in a restaurant and someone will be like, oh, can I get a picture? And he's like, are they asking you for a picture? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and in a way, I love that because he keeps it real. He doesn't, it doesn't yeah. care like at all, but it's, it's moments like that sometimes still shock me, you know, or anywhere like random, especially when I travel, especially yeah. like being in Bali again, this guy is like a proper hipster, he's a surfer. And I was like in Bali just walking and he stopped on his motorbike. He was like, oh, I love your stuff, dude. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's cool. But sometimes I still feel really like, why are you following me? Mm -hmm. Are you happy? Good question. I ask myself this question sometimes. Um, yes, but I'm an overthinker. 
and I, I used to have anxiety as well. I, I suffered from really badly actually when I was younger. So my brain, even if I'm happy, will be like, yeah, but it's always like that. Even if I'm like, oh, you know what? I feel great. I feel happy. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And it's trying to fight that other side. So am I happy? Honestly, yes, because I am doing something that I love doing. I don't love it all the time. And actually, it took me a while to admit that because I was pretending I, I loved, oh, being an influencer and doing content creating. And it's all fun and it's, it's the best, but it's not all the time. And... But then sometimes I look at my surroundings, look at what I do, look at how I live and being able to travel. And I realize that not everyone can do this. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I, so, think, I think having that gratitude definitely brings you back to that place. We, we had Mo Gowder on mm-hmm. last year who wrote the book Soul Pappy. He's known as like the happiness expert. And some of the tips that he even gave us about like how there has to be elements of unhappiness there for even happiness to be apparent mm. and i think one of the things you spoke about, about those ideas or, or voices being in your head one of the things that he was he was talking to us and teaching us about was being more self-aware so that you can recognize when these voices come into your head and, mm. and telling you these negative things of self-talk and then trying to replace it with something else right because happiness isn't is basically just the avoidance or yeah avoidance of avoidance unhappiness. Of, of, of unhappiness right so it's right. trying to take that, that external voice away which is I think at the same time, which is why I was so interested in this living alone thing, because mm-hmm. often we're around so many people who are scrolling through social media, we're never really present. When I was running in America the other week, I had a podcast on, I was running on my own. And you know, when you get that inner voice that speaks to you sometimes, it it's realizing how powerful that is, because mm-hmm. even though I was trying so hard to listen to a podcast, I could still hear the inner voice saying things like, you've got an email to get back to when you get back, you... Mm-hmm need to do this, you've got this thing looming, bills, tax, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's weird how powerful that is, even when you're consciously trying to listen to something else. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that's maybe easier to listen to when you're spending more time on your own. Yeah. Um, that's, I think because the way my brain works, I could still be in a big crowd and 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 even having a conversation with someone and then it's there still. So I think that's that's the big difference is I understand like what you mean. And I think people also think that, yeah, because I am by myself, um, it is harder. But at the same time, I because I know that I love my space and it will be worse when I sometimes I, I need time to think and then there's people around and they won't leave me alone. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I've been in a situation where like, I just want to be alone just so that I can like calm this voice in my head because sometimes there's too much going on. So um, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's an interesting one. And also I think with my vlogs and like the way it's set up and because it's calm and sometimes the music's really chilling and meditative mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, maybe he's like, I don't know, maybe he's not, that happy because it just seems a bit too chill and it's the vibe I'm going for I think sometimes it's like when you watch a movie I want to emote an emotion from you when you watch a video so there's certain vlogs you watch and you'd be like 
oh, that was really calm. But then there's certain vlogs you're watching, it's like me laughing my friends and da da da. So it's that juxtaposition of that's how my life is. You know, there was one, sometimes I like to spend my time by myself, all by myself, like the whole day, don't speak to anyone. I actually did a vlog about it, but I purposely did it where it was black and white. I didn't speak, most of it was black and white. And then at the end, there was some pop of color. And I remember people going, oh gosh, this, I felt a little bit like sad for you because yeah. it's really sad. I was like, yes. Because that, that was great. The, that's the purpose. <laughs> that was what I wanted. That's the emotions I wanted to emote from that video. It's like you watch a movie when they want you to have a reaction. In reality, it's not, you know, my life isn't like that all the time. You know, I see people almost every day where I know some people who do what we do, sometimes would not see people yeah. for a while. I'm lucky. I'm always surrounded by people I talk to. I'm always, and I think that's why I like being in my space because I get to go out and then interact with loads of people and then I come back to it. I think it would have been different if I did, if I worked and, and vlogged and didn't leave the house and I didn't see anyone for what that would be. That's why I haven't moved to the countryside. When people go, oh, why don't you just move to the country? I'm like, no, 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 no. Then, Too isolated. You, you, get, you get back from the city and you sniff in. Yep, couch yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's a good yeah. part. And I, I enjoy it and it's nice being able to run around there. But yeah. on that note, where can people find more of you and your vlogs? It's uh, it's my name, Obi, Obi, Obi underscore Vincent for Instagram, Obi Vincent for YouTube. Yeah, Obi Vincent for TikTok. <laughs> I'm, ter I'm terrible. I probably Dab my Dabbling phone. in TikTok. <laughs> yeah, story of He's our good. lives. But thank you very much for the very interesting conversation thank today, you mate. So much. appreciate it. Yeah, we Just before you. we stop the yes, podcast, how? we have a little test that we're going to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, my Let God. The, yeah, where is okay, it? Okay, so we've got... Um, this is the new scoreboard, but basically we've got a grip tester. Okay. So you're up against some competition. I think Matt Morsey has done it. Okay. Um, Luke and Tom Stroltman, the two world's strongest men, yeah. have done it. I think um, Tom Stroltman is the strong. I mean, he is the world's strongest man, yeah, so yeah. his is the strongest. Yeah. I can't remember what his number was. It's Cal done it. Oh, cool. Cal doesn't fuck about. Where are the numbers though? Oh, no way. No. So Tom Stroltman got... 86.9 yeah. kilos. Luke Stockman got 82.3. Matt, Matt was quite close and 77.1. Where am I? Oh, I'm over the way at the bottom. Lucy. <laughs> I need to increase my grip strength. You need to get back on that D-ball. Um, and there, Obi's going to be the next one up. The thing, the thing, will, the thing I will say about Matt though, Matt kind of did push it down into the floor and cheat a little bit. You know what Matt's you, like? You just need to hold it like this. Yeah. Okay. And do it. Wow. This is... This is... No pressure. Yeah. People did have Hold a couple on. of goes. Lucy's got... Lucy's got like half the strength of Luke Stockman. Well, thank you very much. You can, have, you can have a test one first if you really want to, but yeah, just to see what it's yeah. like. What do I do? Just press you down. Just pull. But don't don't just pop it. Like try and just squeeze. Try and crush yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you really squeeze it. Bloody hell! Okay. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. I'm scared for you. When do I do? Do I just, just go? Yeah. Just go. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. This is much harder than. Hold on. Can I do that again? <laughs> what did you get? Lucy beat him. <laughs> Oh. 36. Okay. I was actually better with my felt like my weaker hand. Yeah, How get you... get a bit of position in. <laughs> yeah, you need to get in good position. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous for you. I'm gonna sit back a bit. Do you put your hand here? Yeah, or... I I feel like you're not getting enough. Yeah, yeah. Get my hand all the you way get in. in and... Yeah, or get in a comfortable position. That's weird. Okay. No. no. Uh.
Yeah, I think yeah. I think Obi's struggling because he's got hands like. We'll blame the equipment. Do I need? Maybe I we need to make it, it smaller when I do it. Then I've got a poor score of forty-four. <laughs> Mine's like twenty-nine. I, I want to try and beat. Cal. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try the... and beat. From there, it should be good. Cal's like, this is an example. Yeah. <laughs> this is an example of 70. <laughs> okay, try that. Can I? Okay. Go on. Come on, Obi. Go on. There we go. Ah! <laughs> what was that? It went, what? It's going down because he's going. What was the peak was the six number? Six. 66. 66. Oh. Beat Cal. Beat Cal. I'm going to definitely do this again. Definitely after. you have to do it, yeah. Yeah, but I tried my weak hand. I got to do better with my left hand than I was with my right for some reason. It must have been like that. I'm not even going to say what it's I called. don't know how Ton Stormer did 86. That is wild. Yeah. You have to imagine like, yeah, so I'm not strong. trying Matt and these guys, because especially with powerlifting, right? Yeah. You yeah. lift a lot of Matt, Rip. deadlifts and stuff. I'm going to redo That's mine That's impressive. After. I need to like work on my, I guess, <laughs> well, I need to work on my first strength before, but okay. And I'm so used to because Olympic lifting we do hook grips. Yes. Yeah. So we don't full on. Yeah, yeah, grip. yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. Tom Stockman could like choke out a rhino. He could. I'm surprised so. he didn't break the, yeah. the the actual kit. Well, everyone who's watching on YouTube and Spotify and listening on Apple, thank you so much. Please continue to share, leave reviews. Definitely tag. reviews. We need some more on it. Yeah, the, we will um, love Apple a bit Spotify. of reviewage. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.